Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for listening to the podcast that gets into the hikers behind the trekking poles, the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that takes me, Andy, and asks hikers how has hiking changed them and how are they changing the world around them. That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Hiker Podcast is brought to you by some amazing sponsors like Canuck Outdoors, makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles and all your water storage needs. Make sure you check them out. Link is in the bio or go to hikerpodcast.com. Of course, as we're getting into backpacking season and car camping season and all the seasons that you do all the outdoor things, you're going to want some coffee in the morning. So CSS and Coffee, amazing coffee love it so much they are an amazing sponsor of the show um make sure you get yours it seriously is the best coffee on the trail um i've tried them all all the instant coffees i've tried I, it's better than a lot of just like whole bean coffees like i just i would take css of coffee a cup of css of coffee over a cup of starbucks any day so css of coffee amazing stuff get some for your next camping or hiking or backpacking trip link in the description of this episode also soon you'll be hearing from our sponsors at Sawyer. Sawyer is an amazing company that does amazing things for people. Uh, but one major driving force behind what they do is preventing insect and waterborne illnesses. We are in May, which is Lyme Disease Awareness Month. And uh, you'll be seeing, if you follow me on Instagram, at Andy Films and Hike, I'll be doing some uh, some more reels with them talking about um, insect repellent and preventing ticks and, and mosquitoes and things of that nature. Uh, you'll also be hearing from them here in just a moment. I'm super excited, though, this week to have our next guest. I met our next guest, Logan Marie, uh, through Instagram, like I met so many, and we're both now Gregory Pax Ambassadors. Uh, Logan has an amazing blog and hiker. She is a hiker, has an amazing blog and um, amazing Instagram where she records her journeys throughout the Pacific Northwest, especially in Oregon. Um, make sure you check out everything she does. It's loganmarie.com and follow her on Instagram or TikTok at loganmarie. But we had an amazing conversation about her story, her journey, getting into the outdoors, um, using it as a way to um, help with her mental health and um, kind of navigate the whole influencer space as she's become quite influential within the outdoor spaces. Um, so without any further ado, my conversation with writer, influencer, hiker and outdoors woman, Logan Murray. We're Sawyer, and since 1984, we've been creating technically better solutions for peace of mind in the outdoors. Why? Because we believe everyone deserves to be safe. We believe nature wants to be explored. We believe industry standards should be exceeded. We believe nonprofits deserve some of ours. And we believe the outdoors is a place for community from the backcountry to the backyard. We're more than an outdoor company. And we believe a thank you is due to anyone who supports our products. Because of you, we spent a decade teaming up with over 140 charities in 80 countries bringing Sawyer water filtration systems to people in need all around the world. You help us aid refugees, disaster zones, and life-saving efforts around the world. 
perhaps without even knowing it. So thank you from everyone here at Sawyer. Together, we are saving millions of lives. I've had an amazing time getting to know so many amazing different outdoors persons and influencers through the process of not only this podcast, but um, just getting into the outdoors and navigating this whole thing. And I've had the chance um, I, before I even started working with, with Gregory Pax, as many of you know, um, Logan Marie actually got me connected with Gregory Pax and we connected online on Instagram as so many of us outdoors persons do. And I have, Hiker and influencer and outdoors enthusiast Logan Marie here on the show here to tell her story. How are you doing today, Logan? I'm doing good. It's another rainy day up here in Eugene, uh, but doing good today on this Monday. Yes, it's it was raining. This was pouring this morning in Ashland as I was on the road this morning, and it's been weird. Then it got sunny, and then it was a rainbow, and then it was raining again. Now it's about to storm again. <laughs> so, welcome to Oregon, and no, it's not even April anymore. It's May. I don't even know what's going on. It this is, is May now. Yes. <laughs> So just introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from. If you run some into someone on the trail, what would you tell them about yourself? Uh, so I would tell them I grew, grew up in Wisconsin. I am not an Oregonian. Well, I consider myself one. I've been here since 2013, uh, but grew up in Wisconsin and didn't really get into hiking till I went to college in Arizona. So if I ran into somebody on the trail, I would tell them that uh, <laughs> I love being out here and hiking has, um, really been a part of my story and my life and, uh, making my mental health the healthiest that it can be. So what brought you from Wisconsin to Arizona and then eventually into Oregon? So I uh, went to college in Arizona. I studied sustainability there for four years. Um, I had an aunt that lived there, but I was a snowboarder since age 15, and I wanted to snowboard on real mountains. Um, and not, not, not that Arizona has real mountains to snowboard on. I mean, there are some, but I just was craving getting out of where I grew up in uh, Flatland, Wisconsin. So I went to Arizona and that's when I fell in love with hiking. I started snowboarding a lot in Colorado during spring break or winter vacations. Thought I would end up in Colorado, then it just was too busy for me, the Denver area. And I moved home after college and I made it through one winter and I said, this is it. I got to get out of here. Um, it just didn't feel like a healthy place for me to live. And I just wanted to live in a place where... I could go out in December and not freeze my butt off and uh, move my body around in ways that felt good to me. So I moved out to Eugene. I packed my car. I didn't, I had one friend here, my, one of my best friends since age 15. And she said, you can crash on my couch. I hadn't ever visited before. I saw photos and that was enough. So I've been here since 2013. So, I've heard from so many people who've come from other side of the country. They they came to the West for the the real mountains. Um, talk about a little bit of your, of your time growing up in Wisconsin. Were you outdoorsy then? Was there a lot of time spent in the outdoors, hiking and other things, or was it not really? So you got to Arizona. 
the outdoors were always a part of my life, um, just not in the traditional hiker sense that someone might see online nowadays. I grew up going to northern Wisconsin to my cottage my whole life. My dad's a big outdoorsman, fisherman, hunter. So I was, I didn't know it back then, but when he took me hiking, um, to, uh, you know, get the lay of the land for his, his hunting, you know, that, that really did teach me how to, he was teaching me basic things of how not to get lost in the woods and things like that. Uh, but I grew up wakeboarding, water skiing, um, always being out on the lake in the summertime and then would be ice fishing in the winter. So definitely was outdoors most of my life. And then with my mom, um, I grew up with divorced parents. With my mom, we would go camping. Um, she had a little Jayco pop-up camper, and we would go to um, campgrounds and do a lot of camping that way. So yeah, it definitely has always been a part of my life. And I um, have realized that I've been writing since I've been pretty young. My dad actually sent me one of my notebooks from uh, when I was, I think I was in like sixth grade and I was writing about like how I just wanted to be in the woods up at the cabin all the time. So that was really special to kind of circle back around because that's such a part of who I am now is writing about my relationship with nature and how it heals me. So yeah, it's it's always been a part of my life for sure. So you come to the, the West, you begin snowboarding, going up to Colorado, go to Denver. Denver is crazy. I couldn't I couldn't I, lo- I love the area but I just couldn't live there um and you're in Oregon what brought about this passion for hiking specifically so I started hiking in Arizona I had no idea what I was doing and I um have always had a very weird relationship with fitness and I um was kind of forced into gym culture in college because everybody was so about it. And I felt like I had to do it, but it never felt like a safe space for me uh, being a woman. And I also just didn't feel comfortable. So I'm like, how can I like exercise my mind? Because I realized as I was getting older, the more I sat around, the worse I felt. So for me, when I first moved out here, you know, I saw all these beautiful places online and I'm like, wow, I don't know anyone, but I want to go see these places. And I am going through some depression and life struggles. And I'm just going to go and see what happens. And it's been the snowball effect. And that's why I started my blog. Cause I'm like, wait, have I been to that waterfall before? Like I just kind of went wild <laughs> um, and went to all the places when I first moved here, you know, I had a Pontiac Grand Am. It was my first car, but I went to as many places as that car would take me. And, um, yeah, it's it's just been it's been really healing to get out to these places in Oregon and um it's it's become quite an obsession. I guess you could say passion is a healthier word than obsession, but um yeah, it's I, I find the balance a little bit more now. I got a little bit obsessed with going to all the places at too fast of a pace. So I've slowed down quite a bit and have recognize that there is also joy in, um, you know, gardening in my yard and I don't have to be always out hiking every single weekend. It's funny you say that. Cause I found when I first got into the hiking kind of community and, and the outdoor culture, there's this drive to do as much as you can. And 
you immediately you, you start watching the YouTube videos and you're like, oh, I need to plan my first through hike and I need to do this and that. And then you realize, well, maybe I'll eventually do a through hike, but it's not like the end all of everything. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how the outdoor culture online and in person has, has influenced you both for the good and maybe not for the good and how that's changed you and, de- and developed you not only as a outdoors woman, but as a writer. Yeah. So it definitely, um, yeah. So talking about finding that balance when I, when my, uh, content creator, what like life started taking off, I felt like, Oh, I have to go backpack this trail because I've seen it at this person posted about it, or I have to, you know, backpack, you know, every other weekend. And I got so burnt out. I was so exhausted and I have, he's now my husband, but at the time he was still my boyfriend and he's like, you are like never home. Like what is the balance here? Like, I feel like you come home and then it's just like, yeah, blog, edit, you know, create. And then you're just like always in this like alternate reality almost like you're still on the high from the hike and you're coming home and then where's your home life balance. So I had to figure out that balance. And it took me years to dial that back and realize that it's okay to, I just have like, I don't really miss out anymore. I'm like, Hey, that looks great that you did that. Maybe I'll do that someday, but maybe not. And that's okay. <laughs> um, but I think the internet can, um, yeah, make you feel like you're not doing enough sometimes, especially in the outdoor industry. And I think that is really awful. Um, because I think, even if you are going to the rose garden in your city and walking around, that is still getting outside. Or even if you go sit on the grass in your yard and read a book, that is still getting outside. So I think that the idea that you're not a nature lover, if you're not doing all of these extreme sports is really negative. Um, I think positively it has, um, social media has pushed me to want to see more in the world in general, because we have so much access to information, right? Like there's, you could find a blog about anywhere in the world that you want to go see. And I didn't grow up traveling beyond Wisconsin much. Like we went to Florida for family trips and, or we went to the cabin or we went to local campgrounds around Wisconsin. So, um, I, want to live a different life than the life I grew up where I do want to travel. So social media in that way has helped me um, want to see the world um, further than what I've seen so far. And just having access to that information is a great part about social media. Um, And I, I kind of strayed away from that for a long time and really like thought that I've learned a lot about gatekeeping and the negative side of that and have realized the positive part of blogging and sharing where you're going and how to safely do things um, is the outdoor woman that I want to be. Um, so, so yeah, I guess that's been the positive spin too, is also learning uh, how to be a positive outdoor female white woman and not uh, do things wrong because I have done things wrong in the past where, you know, I post a place and people tell me, Oh, where is this? And I just wouldn't tell them, you know, like major Uh, gatekeeping didn't even realize that was a thing completely ignorant to the privilege that I hold in the world. Um, So that has taught me a lot um, in that regard for sure. 
at what point did you begin to within your outdoor journey begin to blog and write and at what point did that become kind of a viable thing for you to do and and kind of use to sustain yourself so that is actually like what started my page um was having a website and just wanting to write about what i was doing for my own journal like it was i had no i had no idea that it could be what it is now and like i said i was like you know planning a hike with a girlfriend like have we been to this waterfall before like i know i photographed it but i was just i was legit losing track of everywhere i've gone because of the rate that i was hiking um but writing was why I showed up on Instagram in the first place. I've always loved to pick up a camera, but never really took it as seriously as I do now. But writing and telling my story was always the center and the starting point of um, my being a content creator. And I, because I was going through, you know, I was 25 years old, fresh out of college, fresh out of a relationship in this new city uh, battling depression and anxiety. And I writing was the only way through for me. So uh, that is really where it all started was just writing down my feelings. And I've always I've always wrote written in private, but wrote writing in public has actually been uh, quite healing as well. Because that um, that's what's cool about social media is like you realize you are never alone in your thoughts ever there's always one other person that is gonna reach out and is feeling the same way that you do so i think that is um what's really cool about social media along those lines what's been a a rewarding part as far as the interactions with other people um with your blog and, and your online presence on instagram um what's been like the most rewarding thing you've you've heard from other people as you as you put yourself out there as you've gotten more vulnerable about being out there being out there your struggles um, maybe an instance or just a kind of a general thing about this keeps me going, this keeps me writing, this keeps me mm-hmm. putting my experience on Instagram. Yeah. So definitely when um, people reach out to me and say like, Hey, like I've wanted to go hiking. I have no one to go hiking with. And, you know, like I said, I did a lot of solo hiking when I first started because I had, I didn't, you know, I had one friend and she couldn't go with me everywhere. So I've heard from a lot of women and, that they have felt empowered to go hiking alone or they have felt empowered to get on an airplane and go on a trip by themselves or they felt they, um, you know, signed up for a retreat and have never done anything like that before. Um, or, you know, they felt like they didn't belong in the outdoor space because they don't see anybody that looks like them out there. Right. So I think, hearing from people that I empowered them to go try something new in the outdoor space uh, is what really keeps me going for sure at the end of the day. So as you've been writing and, and documenting your journey, as you've gotten more of a following, um, what you, what tends to happen is brands and, uh, and influence and, and opportunities come about. Um, and it can be very difficult to, to navigate that. I'm still trying to figure all that out. I'm, I'm a year into this and I'm like, I still don't know what I'm doing. I've made a lot of mistakes. What was your experience getting into more of the quote unquote influencer end of the outdoor industry? Can you repeat that last part there? 
what has been your experience getting more into the influencer end working with brands of the outdoor industry how have you navigated that okay yeah so um i guess why i really started pushing i i realized when i was you know creating all this stuff and doing all this writing and going on these adventures that these brands started reaching out to me or i was like oh, I want to get into backpacking. Everything's very expensive. Can I get gear, gear for free? And, you know, this was 2015, 2016, when there was not like any information online or I didn't know how to find it at the time, but I don't think there was about being a content creator or influencer or this is what you should charge. So honestly, I did a lot of work for free gear because that's kind of why I... I I was like, oh, this is a very expensive hobby, backpacking, hiking, it's all very expensive. And then I realized, oh, they're giving me free gear, then I'm advertising for them for free. Oh, I can actually make money off this. So I think uh, it was easiest to connect with people who were doing things that I was doing and was willing to share Uh, the knowledge that they knew, right? There was definitely a lot of gatekeeping going on, like, oh, I'm not going to tell you what I'm asking, what I'm getting paid. Um, And now I think a lot of people are much more transparent about that information, which is super helpful. So how I navigate that now, you know, I have a full-time job. So uh, I... At this time, I don't really reach out to brands, but I was doing a lot more pitching uh, in the beginning, where now I am so grateful for the abundant amount of opportunities um, that I I don't even take them all on. But with that being said, even even before too, I've always because I've had a steady paycheck, I uh, try to work with brands that align with my morals and my values, and not promote a product that I feel. Um, doesn't align with me or I wouldn't actually use the product myself. Have I done some things in the past that was a quick money grab for sure? Do I do that as much anymore? Definitely not. Um, So I have learned a lot along the way. And I feel like the influencer content creator world, it's like such a wild social experiment to me that we're living in. So I think it's always changing, but I think it's great to find your people within the community and make sure that you guys are all getting paid a fair wage because I think brands have taken advantage of people for a long time, uh, especially um, people of color. So uh, yeah, I think it's important to always tune into what's happening in this world and the influencer space to make sure that you're not getting taken advantage of because you, you are advertising for brands and it is the new way of marketing, whether brands like it or not, like it's, it's what's happening right now. Do you think it's a a good thing for the outdoors in general to have the influencer marketing a part of the industry. I've, I've been on both ends of, I've worked with companies that worked with influencers and now I'm on the other end as an influencer. I've seen both sides of it. Do you think this is, this has been a, a given also COVID and how more people are just getting in the outdoors. This has been a net positive for the outdoors and in the environment in general, or maybe just it's a wash we don't know yet, or maybe it's been a negative. It's really hard to say, honestly. I mean, I think, 
like more people should be getting outside, right? And more people should have access to outdoor spaces. And I think that um, access to information is also a privilege that, um, you know, if if you're living in an urban area and there are no green spaces, uh, you could go on social media and maybe find a blogger in the area that could tell you about a hike an hour outside of the urban area that you could go to. Um, so I want to say it's a good thing because I think the information that is available on how to be good outside um, is, I think that's more important than, you know, saying that social media is ruining a place because of it blowing up online. Like there's, really no data that shows that it's social media's fault. I think there's just more people. There's more people wanting to enjoy nature because, yeah, I do think social media has encouraged folks to do that, especially in the pandemic when you're like, wait, I can't, I shouldn't go get on an airplane. I mean, even for a moment there, Oregon was telling us we couldn't go hiking, but um yeah, and I, so I think I think it's an overall good thing. It's definitely uh, you know wild when you hear stories of like Horseshoe Bend, you know, places that have gotten very popular because of uh, the amount of people visiting. But that just means more infrastructure and more rules that have to go in place to keep these spaces clean. So I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what you think on that one. It's been such a mixed bag for me especially down here in southern oregon because we're, we're it's a really tight community like for instance last weekend I, I hiked the east applegate ridge trail which is about 11 miles round trip um a lot of people didn't know about it and i posted just a reel well you know one of my stupid hikes for stupid mental health reels that i do and i posted there i posted about the trail that next this last weekend yesterday i'm seeing all these pictures and reels from the east applegate ridge trail and so there were several people saying, oh, I've heard about this from Andy, or I, I saw Andy post about this, and I'd forgotten about it, so I thought I'd go out there. Knowing that, oh, wow, okay, so I've put this out there, and, and this has happened several times. I've seen a marked increase in traffic. Mm-hmm. And at first when that happened, when I realized that happened, it was, it was uh, January of last year, I started not posting my location. I started not geotagging, all this stuff, and really – being a gatekeeper and I'm getting all these messages and I'm like, no, I can't tell you not realizing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, it's like, why do, why do I get to experience this? And they don't. Mm -hmm. And it was just for me, I I, I see it as an opportunity. Yeah. There's more people going out there and we're telling people about these spaces and I get messages all the time. when I go to certain waterfalls now and I, I post location people like, why would you do that? That place is so quiet. It's going to get overrun now. And it's like, this opportunity for me to say, Hey, when you go out there, leave no trace. I mean, I'm constantly harping on leave no trace and mm-hmm. be mindful. And if it is too, but you get there and it's like overrun, go ahead and find another hike nearby, do something else. Um, because also as more and more people use these spaces, um, the agencies, Bureau of Land Management, the National Forest Service, National Parks are going to need to increase more infrastructure and that, that will increase the funding and that'll increase awareness of these areas. And yeah, I mean, there's been times I've been to Crater Lake and it feels like Disneyland. You're just like, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. just to get in, you know, mm-hmm. in through the main gate, I'm waiting an hour because, you know, I left the house late and I didn't leave as early as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mixed bag, but at the same time, 
the mental health benefits of the outdoors is so rewarding and has done so much for so many people that these are just growing pains. I think that we need to go through as, you know, outdoor influencers, as a society, as a country, as a world, as we get more into these outdoor spaces, as not only to become more popular in social media, but you look on Disney plus on Netflix and all these outdoor shows and outdoor themes shows are, are winning Academy awards. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex Honnold with his, with his documentary, this is becoming a more popular thing in general uh, that these are just growing pains that we have to go through because these spaces do amazing things for our mental health. And um, it's just an opportunity for people to educate others on why these resources are important to, to maintain and to sustain and so on and so forth. So that's my take on it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause imagine uh, if, you know, you had 10 people choosing to go on a hike versus, you know, sitting at the bar all day. Exactly. How much better of a society are we going to have if we have more people benefiting from nature? You know, and it's there's enough data to show the benefits of being outside. So I'm I'm here with you on that. I do think that that will um, that over overweighs everything. Exactly. And switching from there, you you're very open about your mental health on your Instagram and on your blog. What has that journey been like for you getting in the outdoors and how it has benefited your mental health um, throughout the years? Yeah, so I think, you know, getting fresh out of college and living in Oregon and not knowing anyone and feeling so like (laughs) you go to college and you think, oh, I'm going to have this great job and I'm going to have it all figured out just because I have a college degree, right? Society tells tells me that um but it doesn't work out like that unfortunately it didn't for me at least but i'm i'm grateful that it didn't um so i feel i say this often like being outside is where i find myself it's where i found myself right like i'm always finding myself but i'm 33 now and i've done a lot of growing since age 25 fresh out of college Uh, but i think sitting with my thoughts and while I'm outside is the only way that I'm able to truly process in the moment. I am not going to sit with myself and my feelings on my couch, watching TV and scrolling through my phone at the same time. It's just not going to happen. But if I'm away from cell phone service, if I'm sitting, you know, uh, the Oregon coast is one of the most healing places. I think that my so many of my tears are in the ocean out there but um you know just like contemplating everything and um i have like really started to realize the power of like manif- manifestation in that process too and just like you know whether you're religious or not just asking for guidance and asking for like what's next really has helped me paint a picture for what I want in life and bring those goals uh, to the forefront. And, and so I think being outside for me has been really powerful. It's also challenged me physically. And I think physical uh, challenge through hiking is nothing I've ever been able to repeat at a gym or a workout um but at the end of the day it's also one foot in front of the other right like i mm-hmm. 
I thought that I had to be like super fit and have all the outfits and have all the things to like go on a backpacking trip when really it's more about one foot in front of the other. Yes, half the battle is showing up though. Um, so, so yeah, I've, I've just learned, learned a lot about myself in the process and I'm so grateful for that. And I think that I wouldn't have any of those lessons had I been sitting on my couch watching TV. What would you tell someone who's wanting to get into the outdoors and hiking and they're struggling with this idea? Like I did when I first got into it, you, you go on YouTube and you see, you know, these amazing people, some have been on the show who do these epic through hikes and you're just, you, you feel like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is the standard. This is what I need to do. And you see the insurmountable price of all the gear and all the things they need to do, but they just want to go and enjoy some time amongst the trees because they've never even, they, they've never even got out of their neighborhood maybe or their city, but there's these screen spaces around them. What would you tell them to do as opposed to going out and tackling the PCT? Yeah, I would tell them to make it your make it your own journey. Um, and in terms of gear, I would say, you know, for my first backpacking trip, I borrowed gear. Like, don't go buy all the gear. Uh, what if you don't like it? And that's okay if you don't like it. You know, like people ask me all the time, like, oh, I want to try backpacking. Um, like uh, here at uh, University of Oregon, there's a gear closet where you can actually rent gear to go mm-hmm. do stuff. So I would always encourage people to rent or buy used gear. REI has a great used gear program. Um, and like here we have a, a gear thrift store. So you could, you know, essentially buy everything um, at more than half the cost. So I would encourage you to you know, you buy used gear or borrow gear, but, um, especially if you're wanting to like try something like backpacking or even, even car camping, like I've learned so much from people who are more experienced than me. But with that being said, you don't want to go with somebody who's more experienced than you that might make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. For example, yeah. like I don't want to go on a backpacking trip with people who are trying to you know, do a certain amount of mileage under a certain amount of time, right? Like I am not there to race. I am not there to, you know, beat some kind of record. I am not like a runner, a triathlete. And, you know, that's okay if you are, but I think finding the people that are going to make you feel okay within what your body is capable of is super important. So, um, there's a lot of great, uh, networks out there, like women who hike for women in particular has a lot of programs around the U S that, um, you know, you could link up with people in your community, go to a meetup. Like I did that in the beginning all the time to just get out there with people who are more experienced than you. Like I, I, some of the most beneficial learning moments I've had are with, you know, women in their sixties who've been hiking for 30 years. And this is just a basic day hike, but you'll, you know, see their little tips and tricks or just little snacks or, you know, things that they do to make themselves comfortable. Um, I think is really beneficial. You can read a lot online and while that's great, I do me, me at least I'm going to learn a lot more, uh, hands-on. So that was really helpful Absolutely. for me I think- is going out there with people who knew what they were doing, but made me feel comfortable and safe as well. Absolutely. I think 
I mean, I look at my, my garage right now. I have so many boxes of gear that I bought and I just don't use anymore because I thought, you know, if I get this ultra, like ultralight, like I was trying to get an ultralight, it just doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. The ultralight gear doesn't work. It could work for a lot of other people, but for my body type, it just doesn't work. And I spent a lot of money mm-hmm. <laughs> on gear I'm never going to use again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so it's so tempting to look at everyone's out there, but realize that they're what works for them works for them. It may not work for you. And like, I know, you you know, you said Yubo has the gearing program. Southern Oregon university is the same thing. And REI is a great place for the garage sales for used gear, or they have gear rental programs as well, or just borrow gear or go on the Facebook marketplace or Craigslist mm-hmm. and find stuff. And that way you're not out, you know, on a pack, you're not out $200. Um, you mm-hmm. go find something that works for you, like from Gregory, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Closing out, though, I like to ask everyone this. How ultimately, how has the outdoors and hiking changed you? I, it's definitely made me a stronger and more determined woman. Um, I think I lived in a lot of fear or didn't think that I was worthy of great things uh, when I first really started getting into hiking. So I think that it empowered me to show up for myself every single day and learn how to be the best version of myself. That's awesome. Now, if somebody want to follow you, see what you're doing, where would they go? Yes. You can find me on, um, Instagram, TikTok at it's Logan Marie or my website. It's Logan where I have lots of cabin tree houses and blogs around the Pacific Northwest. Logan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. great time talking there and just i've had a, a great time getting to know her um uh, we're both gregory pax ambassadors and she was actually I, I alluded to this in the in the interview she was actually a uh, large reason why i got hooked up with gregory she there was there was a something they were doing and she had put me in for it and i got hooked up with gregory and we started talking and they asked me hey would you like to be an ambassador and uh, i've had a great relationship working with gregory pax so um they're not a sponsor of this show particularly, but they do sponsor my Instagram and um, what I do on the trail. So um, you can, if you want to get Gregory packs, use the promo code Andy 15 for 15% off your pack. Um, it helps me out and it's a uh, really guys. They're amazing packs. Gregory was one of the, if not, they were the first um, company to put plus size packs out. I have, how many of their packs now? I got the Nano, the Citro, other one I can't name. Five. I have seven other packs now. Seven. Like, and I love every one of them for different reasons. They're amazing packs, especially if you're in a plus size body like myself. Um, hip belts, shoulders, everything fit amazingly. I even have one uh, Gregory pack for my laptop and my, you know, going around town stuff. Amazing stuff. But that's neither here nor there. I digress. Guys we are getting into the hiking and backpacking season. I just want to remind you all as you're getting out there, make sure you are leaving no trace, not just for the fact that no one wants to see trash on the trail. No one wants to see your dog's waste and little baggie along the trail. Pick up after yourself, please. But 
Um, it's important that we protect the environment we are hiking through. It's important that we um, keep it sustainable, keep it beautiful for everyone else. When we leave things like trash and other things or don't put out our campfires, um, we endanger the outdoors and, and, and those spaces. And having been living in Southern Oregon for so long, I am very well aware of the, the, the dangers of a fire and what they can do to a community and to the surrounding areas. Uh, just the other day, I was hiking through an area where there was forest fires and what devastation that's done to that trail in that area. But also living in the Ashland Medford area, we had the Almeda fire two years ago now, which completely just devastated, you know, almost 3,000 homes in our urban area. Um, and so it's just so important that as you're in the outdoors that you are following principles of Leave No Trace. Um, just go to leavenotrace.com to find out all those principles. And also as you're hiking, um, check out what you need to bring with you. And I'm not saying you need to have this kind of pack or that kind of, oh, that kind of sleeping bag, but bring the 10 essentials. Make sure you have the 10 essentials with you at all times. I had an amazing uh, conversation um, earlier this season with Shemaze about the 10 essentials, but also you can go to my Instagram and there's a reel there that names the 10 essentials, you know, water, food, warmth, shelter, all that stuff, uh, or just Google the 10 essentials. Um, it's important to make sure that when you're on the trail, that you are in a position where you are safe and you're you're being responsible uh, not only to the environment and the trail you're on but to yourself and to your family with that said guys thank you so much if you want to find out everything that's going on with me you can follow me at andy films and hikes or go to andymealproductions.com of course for all the information about the hiker podcast including our sponsors and how you can help out the show go to hikerpodcast.com or go to the description of this episode make sure you follow logan marie at it's logan marie on tiktok and instagram or it's loganmarie.com and with that thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the hiker podcast